0: Thanks for listening to another edition of Cavs the Podcast. I'm Tom Pestak, joined by my mates, the great Nate Smith, and Cavs the Blog founder, John Krolik. Guys, how you doing on this Monday night? It's freezing cold in Dayton. I'm not sure about where you are. It's uh, up in uh, northeast
1: Ohio, Canton area. It's, uh, it's in the 50s, I think.
2: Oh, balmy pretty, weather! Nice, balmy
1: weather. Yeah, it's been a a beautiful fall up in Northeast Ohio. Is uh, it's forty seven actually? So yeah, it's uh,
0: it, it's very pleasant. So, and the Cavs at eight and one are uh, having a pleasant start to the season. Nothing, nothing too impressive, but um, you can't argue with eight and one, right? I mean, no, I I call it casual excellence. Yeah. So uh yeah I, I like that casual excellence. Um you know they're not they got impressive wins against the likes of the Raptors, although the Raptors were were uh were a little beat up that game if I recall. Um and of course they beat the Celtics who were also a little beat up. But uh I, I don't know I don't and, feel like they have Houston, a signature who's a, who's a playoff. Yeah. But if they had a signature win yet, would you consider the the Raptors game like one of the Ones we're going to remember at the end of the season. It just sort of feels like they're there. They're healthy. You know, they're playing well enough to win. LeBron's, you know, saving them anytime the game looks like it's hanging in the balance. LeBron seems to go into a extra gear. I don't know. I, John, John, what do you think so far about what you've seen?
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, it, I was really encouraged by the first game against the Knicks just because I felt like it was as well as they've played coherently offensively a long time like a long time and then I mean part of that was because they were playing the Knicks who are new and they were awful but uh, yeah I sort of feel like they it's a light switch team and they're kind of coming together uh, but still kind of figuring things out. And they're three happy. And then, yeah, they they seem to just sort of... It, it's sort of the 2010 team, that 161 games, is the best comparison for me, where it's like not everything quite meshes yet, but at the end of games, it's like, all right, we're just going to have LeBron come beat you, and we're going to start trying hard on defense now.
1: Yeah, the difference being they've had much more... Or- Many more shooters than that 2010 team.
2: The 2010 team had a lot of shooters, actually. You yeah, can, but you I mean, this team is uh, the shooters
1: are, I guess, better. I would say. I mean, Jr. Smith, all world shooter. Channing Channing Fry has been all world this.
2: Oh my year god! So far.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, but the 2010 Cavs had stretch five Zdrina Slogauskas draining <laughs> threes. <laughs> he did drain a couple that year. He did, yeah.
1: but I mean. Channing Frye, just talk about a guy that was just born to play with LeBron. I mean, a big guy with a super high, super quick release that can just get open. And then when you run him in a screen roll, if you get a switch, you can just either guy, either Frye can go to the post or LeBron can just uh, single up on a big guy. And you look at a guy like Spencer Hawes, and he just ate Spencer Hawes' lunch, uh Against against the Hornets, I mean, Spencer America just refused it. to come out on him.
2: Yeah, I don't know what the. I mean, I I would counter that you can post him up. It I don't think it goes well.
1: Well, and he can then, post up smaller guys. I mean, he's he's competent enough. He's not. It's not going to hurt your offense to do it. You know, every now and again.
2: I mean, I said this in my recap, which is that. Look, I've been watching LeBron for literally over half of my life at this point, and for his entire career, they've been trying to put, uh, okay, he shoot. I just looked it up. Shannon's shooting 28% from two point range. <laughs> he's, he's not your post-up threat. Like, and they've tried things, like they run him off curls and stuff like that. Like, he got blocked by Spencer Hawes, who earlier in that game got <laughs> blocked by the rim. <laughs>
1: uh, One of my favorite missed dunks of the year so far, too. He, he you, was completely incompetent.
2: Yeah, it was. It was like you, you can't miss the dunk more than that. But <laughs> so I been so anyways, I've been watching. But the good news is, I'm watching LeBron since 2003, and I've and they've tried to surround him with shooters for 13 years.
0: And Lucius I've seen a whole
2: from J, from J. R. Bremer on. Jeff and Dennis. Jeff McCandos, um, uh and I have not seen a guy who, when he is open, is more automatic than Channing Frye, including Ray Allen. I, I think you're
0: right. I mean, what I've seen basically since he got here, I wasn't watching him in Orlando. I vaguely remember him in Phoenix. When he's open, it's going in. That's just what it feels like.
2: Yeah, and it's it's a shot he added when he was twenty six. Wow. Yeah, and he has a really
1: not a traditional release. I mean, he's got that real high flick of the wrist release. No, yeah, it's kind of a kind of a catapulty thing. Yeah, but I mean, there's hardly any motion in it either. I mean, it's like there's yeah. hardly any moving parts, so it it it's very efficient. No,
0: and it he gets so much backspin on it.
1: And he doesn't need any room
0: to get it off either. No, No, I'm always amazed. I'm always amazed by how often he makes a three. And if you watch the way it goes through the cylinder and the net, it just, you know, most shots that are made threes because they're from so far away. They're either net or like they barely graze the back iron and they go in. You know, there's just not at that distance. You can't have a lot of action like inside the cylinder without it popping out and he like i don't know i've seen so many shots where it just looks dirty going through the hoop but it goes <laughs> in for him
1: you know yeah. what you know what i'm saying like yeah. no, he's like, got you know what he's got he's got a great outdoor game three point shot like the the liner with the uh, with a lot of backspin so the wind doesn't catch it he like that that's a great park three point shooter but, but he,
0: yeah like, totally you know, what, know what you, you know what i'm saying how like you you rarely see guys like front rim back in back rim in from three point you can see like foul shots like that but the further you get away you know in general you either made it or you didn't it, it's not and, and channing fry makes so many threes where it's like man that kind of just went through the hoop really weird but still went in so something about his touch is just is just perfect
1: I'm not gonna argue with you so i mean yeah we, I, we were talking about uh channing fry and the kind of the calves casual excellence and You know, you were talking about surrounding uh, LeBron with shooters, John. I think we kind of got off on a tangent. Did you want to, you know, finish that shot or thought?
2: Um, no, no, really. I mean, yeah, it's just, uh, I have, I have one big topic. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) all right. right, I'll start it off like this. Guess, so last year, Kyrie, like, only the hardcore Cavs fans know that the Cavs in the regular season were actually better with Jelly on the court than they were with Kyrie on the court.
0: Well, if like, anyone that read Cavs the blog last year, casual or not, knows that, like, gospel, because, like, every other post of mine hammered that point home.
2: <laughs> yeah, right, because Kyrie, the Cavs were pretty much exactly the same with Kyrie on the floor than they were with him off the floor. Guess what Kyrie's on off is this season? Uh, okay. Um,
0: I bet it is much worse than I think it is, and I think it's like negative.
1: I, I think he's got a raw PM of 3.3 3 per 36 minutes. I was that, looking at that, this earlier.
2: That, <laughs> yeah, that's correct. That is correct. Yeah, the Cavs are 15, 16 points per 100 possessions worse with Kyrie on the floor.
0: Wow. Yeah, not surprised.
2: Yeah, That's- and Kevin Love, it doesn't look great for him either, does it? <laughs> it does, does it not? I haven't. I, I didn't look at him. Uh, I mean, we obviously we noticed uh, in the last game that Lu was just kind of like, no, I'm sticking with the, chain, the training lineup. Yeah. yeah. So I'm
0: on, I'm on basketball reference,
2: and while
0: Kevin, we were- yeah, Kevin's a minus fifteen. Yeah, while we were warming up, I loaded up um, like five or six of the top teams in the league to look at individual um, on-off differential. So you look at when a guy, is, like you look at your team's maybe offensive rating when a player's on the court or off the court. So let's take LeBron. So when LeBron's on the court, the Cavs' offensive rating is 114.6. That's very good. And when LeBron's off the court, the Cavs' offensive rating is 108.6, which it's not terrible, but it's definitely not that great. So that's a difference of six just from the Cavs. But you also have to look at the other side because there's another team playing and trying to score. So the Cavs' opponents, when LeBron is on the court, have an offensive rating of 100, which is actually very poor and when LeBron Wait, very is very
1: poor off for the, LeBron are very poor. No, very
0: LeBron. poor for the opponents. So okay. when LeBron's on the court, opponents are not scoring well. And okay. when LeBron's off the court, opponents have an offensive rating of 122.5, Oof. which is like Golden State Warrior death lineup offense. That's a difference of negative 22.1. So if you take the if you add those numbers together, the net for the Cavs and the net for the opponent. LeBron's overall, uh, on off differential is plus 28. And I have yet to find any other player in the NBA that is that, um, obscenely high. So I I literally,
2: the first guy I went to and I'm just going to, and I was just going to say it because we might need to give some time for these numbers to even out is that James Harden per hundred possessions. The Rockets are 38 and a half points better with him on the court. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he's
1: number one in the league. I didn't that. look up the Rockets
2: yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would not surprise me. There should not be a higher mark than that. That's well, I mean, amazing. we saw
1: when we, when we watched the Rockets, they were, they couldn't do anything without him on the court. Yeah. And then when he's on the court, they're like unstoppable.
0: So yeah. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he, oh, no, yeah. Wow.
2: That is <laughs> obscene. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, but no, I mean, he's a legit MVP talk, candidate. Yeah, I mean, he's just not going to get the respect because of Vine. I think he was behind Vine getting closed down, and the. Te- but like, you should like, and I, I said this. I had a post um about it, and yes, the team is set up to sort of maximize his skill set offensively and sort of help him get numbers and things like that. And you can hold that against him a little bit. But you should be able to hide a wing defensively as a team. Like, the Cavs spend a good amount of time hiding LeBron. Even. And he's averaging 30 and 13 with, like, a really good true shooting.
1: Oh, Harden? Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh
1: like, he's like, like, you know, Nash in that system was amazing. And imagine a guy that has all the same skills, but a bigger body, more athletic, and a better finisher. That's, you know, James and Harden,
2: just a more, and a much more and the much more dynamic uh, shooter. Nash was an incredible shooter when he'd shoot, right? Uh, but Harden can get a shot off from the perimeter so much easier.
1: Yeah, I mean, Harden can get a shot off anytime he wants.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah, they he's phenomenal. So, I want to see, Tom, what is my guess on who has the worst on-off, uh, would be Mike Dunleavy for the, for the Cavs. And, and he's the one thing I want to talk about this podcast. So, Tom, uh, look up, a, uh, some
0: Mike Dunleavy, uh, stats there. Yeah, it's bad, but Kyrie's the worst. Really? But yeah. Dunleavy is minus 13. But like John said, I mean, it's so early in the season. A lot oh, of yeah. these numbers, you can't take them too seriously.
1: No, I, and, and like to Kevin Love, one of the things, I, Kevin Love's been passing the eye test for me.
2: Yeah, he, he has been for me too.
1: I mean, I see him do things that I've never seen him do. And, uh, what, what was the game before the, uh, before the Hornets game? Um, they just, uh, how I get up?
2: I got no. I, I wrote a recap.
1: Yeah, Nothing. I'm trying to remember it. <laughs> I can't, can't, remember it. But, I mean, Kevin Love early in that game, uh, was just chipping. I think it was the, was it the Atlanta game? Might have been the Atlanta game. Um, chipping away, just getting to the free throw line over and over and over again and just kind of keeping the Cavs in the game. Uh, his post game is, was Washington. It was Washington, that's right. Yeah, I mean, there it is. yeah, early in that second half, I mean, he was just keeping him in the game almost single handedly, making great rebounds, uh, getting to the line. He's he's really good at getting to the line this year. And uh, he's not shooting a great percentage from three, just 33%, but everything else about his game has been fantastic this year. So I, I can't complain about him at all. Uh, he's really shown me a lot, and he's even become a a solid defender just from the eye test. Uh,
2: Yeah, I I would call him a solid defender.
1: I mean, he's never going to be a... He's a guy that makes... He's not going to make fantastic plays on defense, but his positioning's been good. He's had real active hands, getting more than his fair share of steals, and, you know, he's been really solid. And his ability to get to the the line has been probably one of his, his best... Assets this year and shooting
2: over 80% there. No, oh, yeah, he, he, I remember there was, I forget what game it was, but there was like a fast break, like a two on one, and Love just jumped like directly into the guy, <laughs> to like yeah. the one defender. <laughs> like of all the options he had, he was like, get the foul.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and if you're a guy that can shoot over 82%, you that, that's a great option. <laughs> I know. So, uh, yeah, and if it he can get his three fouls. point percentage up a little and get a little more arc on the hook, he he could get a couple more points a game too. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, no, I call, Sorry, go
2: ahead. Yeah, I, I'm just starting to call him Tough Luck Kev because it's like he's always in the right place, and like he's got, and he's like such a jack of all trades, but just like he could, he doesn't make him. He like he just misses more shots than he should.
1: Well, yeah, but the other thing, he has a left <laughs> hand this year. He never had a left hand. A little bit, a little little one. Yeah, I've noticed that. He's. I've seen him like uh, one or uh, probably four or five left hand finishes this year, and I never saw him finish left ever before this year. Like he had that one uh, against uh, the Hornets where he put it off the on the floor and finished left. And I remember that. I remember. Yeah, I mean, he's looked solid. We were talking earlier. A definitive win for me was that Hornets game, even though the lineup at the end was so weird. Just kind of the finding a way to win. And I actually thought the Hornets played them as tough as anybody. Like, they seem just really well coached, but don't have the talent necessarily of a Boston or Atlanta. But just super well coached. Everybody knows their roles. They just don't have enough scorers. Um, But that that team, if they could get one more player, could be really tough. Mhm. or problem. if MK, Sorry. MKG
2: could could uh could find could make himself a scoring option.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he made a lot of progress with Mark Price. He did, but the the problem is, is his release even when he's just so slow with that release. He's just he's never going to be a natural shooter and he's going to have to get all his points off, you know, cuts and putbacks and Lobs and that kind of thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He, I mean, he's never going to be. He's like Jamario Moon without a three point shooter on a three point game on offense. <laughs> but he's a much, much, much
0: better defender.
1: Did we lose mm-hmm. you, Tom.
0: No, guess what? What? Chris Chris Birdman Anderson is thirty eight years old. A million dollars if either of you can tell me where Chris Anderson went to college uh um, Blinn Junior College. That's right. And so guess who else went to Blinn Junior College? Mario Moon. Cam Newton. No, <laughs> no, yes. Cam Newton. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. uh also former Browns wide receiver Quincy Morgan went to Blinn College. It's a two-year school yeah. in Texas. Yeah.
2: Then went to Yeah, well Cam, to- Cam Newton was backing up uh Southern of Florida. Um it might have been it might have been Tio, but I don't think it was uh It was someone in Florida, and he didn't get the job, so he had to transfer uh, but he couldn't transfer right away, so he went to Blinn and then he ended up at uh Auburn or wherever it was
0: well, John, to quote my adulthood hero Domingo Ayala, I'm not going <laughs> to give you the million dollars because it was just locker room talk, and it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know who Domingo Ayala is? Have you ever seen him? Yeah,
1: who the hell is Domingo Ayala?
0: No. He's the funniest dude. So you gotta he's got like a million YouTube videos. He's a comedian. Oh
2: the the baseball guy.
0: Yes, yes.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> he is he is amazing. I finally found out who he is, but it took me a long time to figure out who he actually is. So I'm not gonna spoil it, but he's Domingo Ayala. <laughs> And this year. <laughs> what do you mean you're not going to spoil it? For, spoil it for who? For all the Domingo Yala fans out there. How would that
2: spoil it? I already know. Now that I know I this, know, this is thing to be spoiled, I don't want it
0: spoiled. <laughs> yeah, though, I don't want to be I mean, I didn't want to be spoiled, but I came across an article on like a Washington Post or something, and they talked about him and they revealed him. What is he, Banksy shame, or shame something? Shame on that. <laughs> Just watch it, Nate. Just watch. The first one I would recommend is um how to hit for average. I would, that was one of the first ones I watched, and I was hooked. But this year at the Little League World Series, more than one player, when they asked who his favorite baseball player was, said Domingo Ayala. So that's, fine. that's how you know he's made it.
2: Kid, well, kids are on phones too much.
0: That's true, yeah adults, I, I, around. I, I adults are I, around phones too much i go to the park with my kids and just every parent is just on their phone i'm like you are out so at this
1: point tom pestek was talking about people being on their cell phones while quote-unquote dropping a deuce and when we came back we all talked about how it was good it dropped out right then and that way we wouldn't have to edit it out and tom pestek did not appreciate our editing uh direction and so he let us know about it
0: Drop a deuce, drop a deuce, drop a deuce, drop a deuce. <laughs> Edit that out, Omolto, call recorder. Uh, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I
1: don't know how you top that. No, That's it. That's the podcast.
0: <laughs> okay. That's not the podcast. It's not long in the tooth yet. Um,
1: so, uh, you know, you were, I mean, we had, we were, to- okay, so Mike Dunleavy.
0: Mike so, Dunleavy. Is he here. done? I. He looks done to me. Well, here's my counter argument. Kevin Love looked done, done his first like four months in Cleveland. Um, two seasons ago, LeBron looked done, done his first month in Cleveland. Remember Bill Simmons like went out in public and asked if LeBron was more or less done and Mike Gola killed him for it. And then they got into an ESPN feud. That happened. So (laughs) I don't think you should really make.
2: There are degrees of done. Now, I don't want to bring this up. Like, there's a type of player, namely like Luke Jackson, very good college player, got on LeBron's team, exploded inside. Uh, Wally Zerbiak, he was a monster in Seattle uh, before he got traded to the Cavs in midseason. Lost his shot, never found it again. What? Mike and- Wally didn't lose his shot.
0: He developed a little patented back the, back oh, yeah. down. Uh, he lost three point shot. He did lose his three point shot. He That's gave him the dead no, leg. Remember, he had he no gave knees. Him the dead yeah. leg. he <laughs> had no knees. He <laughs> was just shooting flat footed.
2: She was okay in Seattle that season before he he was shooting forty six percent, forty three percent, in Seattle before he traded mid season. So Since, when he came to the Cavs, what do he shoot like percent Thirty-six percent.
0: Yeah, that sounds like.
2: Right. Yeah, he was underwhelming
1: from
0: three. That's for sure.
1: Uh, yeah, but but Mike Dunleavy Miller. is thirty-six. I mean,
2: even Mike Miller
1: wasn't as old as as Dunleavy is now.
2: Exactly, um, but very good. Got to the bronze team. Completely lost his game. Wow.
0: Yeah. Two, Me and my buddies used to call it putting on a Cleveland jersey. <laughs> we'd we'd bring I mean, these people over, and it'd be like. What happened to you?
2: It's white sweet shooting swingman <laughs> No, because Damon
0: Jones and Daniel Marshall underwhelmed after they came here.
2: Larry Hughes was Wait, wait, the
0: wait. Well,
1: Damon ever. Jones never whelmed. Okay. He never
0: whelmed. Dude, he was <laughs> the NBA. He he led the NBA and made threes the year before in Miami. And I did leg not kick that. Uh, dribbles. Yeah. yeah, and leg kick dribbles.
2: <laughs> So that's like the it's like the old Simpsons thing. It was like which two popular Simpsons characters died in the past year? If you guessed Bleeding <laughs> Jones Murphy and Dr. Marvin Monroe, you're wrong. They were never popular. Exactly. Like which which two which two good cavaliers? Like Well Washington. Okay this is a great topic. I would say <laughs> they were never
0: good. <laughs> I would say Larry Hughes was the biggest disappointment of the LeBron
2: era. I, I, I can't argue with that. Oh, my boy. Probably, I mean, I. There, I mean, the website got made.
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. The, the, it wasn't a, it. wasn't just a joke. It was an action. Somebody paid twenty dollars on GoDaddy to w- register that website.
0: And it wasn't <laughs> just a URL that was registered. That guy wrote posts for a while. <laughs> yeah, I used to go no, to his site regular. And, yeah. I used to go yeah. to his site and read his stuff.
2: <laughs> it was like, you know, and they tried so many things with him. Like it was like. All right, no, no, he's a he's a point guard. Like his yeah. strength is passing. It's like, no, he's terrible. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like well, he, to be fair, that was like the biggest contract year. Um, so it was they needed to sign a free agent. Yeah, and everyone turned happy. them down.
1: Yeah, well, Michael, like
2: Michael Red and Joe Johnson turned them Le- down. LeBron publicly put oh, pressure on him. Oh, I forget if Ray Allen was a free agent, but yeah, yeah. he was.
0: Yeah, he was. It was uh, Ray Allen, Michael Red, Cavs struck and, out on both of those. And yeah. then, uh, they went after Larry Hughes, who I believe was an all-star the previous year. Yeah, he, he aver- averaged like 25 was, a game. No, he averaged like 25 and five. He, and then like two, two and a half steals. Steals. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: But it was but like it was, the biggest, like, like you should be careful of this thing ever. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh well he was playing with Arenas he,
1: and Anton Jameson in Yeah, and crimes. they
0: led the league in pace and yeah, they didn't they play a lot of pace. D.
2: Yeah. And he shot forty three percent and twenty eight percent. Yep. Yeah. And he'd spent, <laughs> like, he spent like he had two good years in Washington, good years averaging nineteen and twenty two, shooting forty percent one year and forty three percent the next year. And before that, he'd just been bouncing around in Golden State and Philadelphia and just making everybody unhappy. John, were you the
0: first one to describe it as holding the button down on the controller too long?
2: <laughs> no, I was not.
0: Someone described Larry Hughes shot that way, and it was just genius. I can't remember who did it.
2: Like, oh, there was nothing, nothing good happened. Um yeah.
0: Maybe it was Colin. That sounds like something Colin would come
2: up with. I don't associate Colin with, like, video games.
0: Oh, really? I do. I he has mean, a, lot he's a lot of video game references. He's
2: like, a, he, he's like a video game critic, actually. I know he, like, loves video games.
0: Yeah. He used to be... I remember he described something as Super Meat Boy one time, and it was yeah. perfect.
2: Like, that would be... But like a mainstream video game reference is beneath Colin. I mean.
1: <laughs> it has to be like a really obscure yeah, one. It has yeah. To be, yeah, you, it, you have to pronounce true. like the the game in, oh, in it in Russian, as if a Russian yeah, you have would to pronounce, to pronounce it in it. the
0: creative te- dialect of the
1: programmers. <laughs> it's Tetris.
0: It's like a JRPG. Tetris. <laughs> That's not a Russian accent. It's like
2: French. Tet- Okay. Tetris.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Alright, the Rockets just got done
2: playing the 76ers. Let's guess what James Harden put up. I have no idea. 76ers? 46, Uh, 14,
1: and 8. I think it was like 36, 12, and 7. I watched the whole game.
2: It was horrible. Uh, Embiid is, is fun to watch. But, uh, so it was actually, it was underwhelming for James Harden. It was 33, 7, and 9. Thirty-three, seven, nine.
0: That's an old LeBron, two thousand nine line, right there.
1: Yep. So uh, back to Mike Dunleavy. Uh, my yeah. my assert. I've watched him. He looks like he has nothing. He can't rebound. He can't jump. Uh, he's getting smoked by mediocre players in in isolation. The thing I I think the Cavs got spoiled a little bit with older players because. Uh, Jefferson, Richard Jefferson is such an outlier to be as athletic as he is at his age. And I think they thought they could catch lightning in a bottle twice with Dunleavy and he's just after the back injury last year I don't think I think he's done. I don't think he'll make I don't
2: think he'll I be think on the team the notion with Dunleavy was that he was going to be a knockdown shooter. Right. Just a knockdown shooter. Um who could fill in and, and a plus passer. I, I'm not old enough to remember when he played, uh, point forward and point in, uh, Golden State. Oh yeah. Uh, and that he would fit in with the system. And that would sort of make up, cause he's never been a very strong defender and he is 36 and coming off the of surgery. But his main job is to make open shots. And he is shooting, he's shooting like 30% right now.
1: No, he yeah, can't, he just can't, look like he has he a can't
2: buy a basket with like, with gold. Yeah. Um, so for me, there's just not much to talk about with them. Maybe because his main job, it's like, oh, maybe you should cut or do this a little more. Maybe we should try and get him in some elbow sense. Like, no, he's getting his shots. He's just missing the shit out of him.
1: <laughs> Yeah. And, and like, the fact that he can't guard anybody when he's on the floor either is. Is I no, like a big reason you saw Jordan McRae in at the end of yeah. that game? Yeah,
2: no, I, I mean there were two games I forget which ones they were where Coach Lou went started the fourth quarter and went like extended minutes with uh, Fry Jefferson and Levy. and I don't mind Fry defensively, but if you're asking him to be the anchor with two <laughs> old small forwards. Like and the the lead kind of got blown both times. Yeah. Uh. So so yeah, that that lineup I was not a huge fan of. Um. So I would hope that Dunleavy can find it a little bit and just be sort of like a ten minute James Jonesy type of guy with who's a little more versatile. But at some point, your job is to make is to make outside shots, and you're not doing. It.
1: Yeah, he needs James he needs Jones to take LeBron's Miami trip from uh, a couple of years. Just spend a couple of weeks in Miami, and maybe maybe come back stronger in January. What, what were you saying about James Jones?
0: I was like, do you think he'll just transition right from a player to like a James Posey player coach, and he'll just he won't go anywhere? Because I'm not even sure what he what his point has been on the team the last two years, other than to be a good locker room
2: guy. I think that's absolutely what's going to happen like i'm I'm not joking at all, yeah, I think that's just what's going to happen,
1: yeah, and but the difference is, is and why you want a player like that is you've got these young guys, you want somebody that's just going to come in and set the tone, always be on time for practice, you know, mentor these guys on how to be a player and you know show them how to go through routine every day, and you know LeBron don't have the time to do that. <laughs> so, so you need a not guy. At all. Sorry, go ahead.
2: Like, uh, like, um uh, like you mentioned Jordan McRae, who I probably, I probably, I probably, uh, didn't give him enough credit because offensively he, he's just kind of like, but on a lot of teams, he would just be this volume scorer whose scoring game isn't really at the NBA level, uh, and just sort of not give you anything. But on this team with a, with a camp, with, you know, with the culture that's been cultivated in the coach where everyone buys in, like he's a six four guard who's going to play hard defense and get in there and give you good minutes, even if his outside shot isn't following, which it wasn't. Yeah. And that's sort of the difference having good veterans and good coaching and a superstar like LeBron who buys in and demands this sort of culture, uh, so those are the things that, that you like to say.
1: Yeah, and his jumper has gotten a lot better. And, you know, he was a guy, he'll soak up the points in summer league and preseason and, and garbage time. But that being said, having a guy who can get you a bucket on a game, he had a big bucket against uh, against the Hornets last night towards the yeah. end of the game and a couple big plays, and just having that luxury Especially guys younger it has got some pressure legs that, that can do that a little is, is nice to have. And I, I want to see a little bit more Liggins. I actually feel like, you know, Liggins could come in and do what Dunleavy's doing, shoot 27% from three and give him a lot more, uh, defensively. Yeah. I, but he hasn't been dressing because they can only dress, they can only
2: dress the Mo Williams
1: thing. <laughs> and Mo Williams is the 15th um which everybody's ragging on Mo Williams for trying to get his money I, I don't quite understand I if you were in Mo Williams shoes you'd be trying to get your money too
2: so no and apparently yeah it sounds like something went on there um but uh but I mean obviously I would like to see more Kay Felder he's my favorite human <laughs> uh He's had two baskets as a Cavalier, and both of them have been, like, just awesome. Like, his first one was a layup where him and Fiznac, Bianco, jumped at the same time, and then Fiznac landed, and and, uh, Kay was like, no, no, I'm just going to stay up here. It's cool. Uh, (laughs) Like, I'll, I'll meet you back down there after I make this layup. And the second one, I swear to God, this should be, like, the biggest vine ever. He got the pick and roll, went from right to left, and then from... One little baby K-felder step inside the free throw line, just launched himself, and got all the way to the basket. Not like a floater, not like a finger roll, like a layup.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you don't, you don't see the, uh, Michael Jordan layup. (laughs) Uh, you see the Michael Jordan dunk, but not the Michael Jordan layup. Yeah. He is, he is electric, and last night you saw it, uh, when he had that baseline pass at the and end of the first half, where he just kind of jitterbugged around there, uh, in, in the mid post on the left side until he found a lane. And, and if he can do that, he can, he can definitely give you something. I certainly enjoy watching him as a point guard much more than I enjoy watching him on who <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to do something inexplicably, uh, it's just something inexplicable every time he handles the ball and whether it's driving in this side to three guys and then just kind of throwing this crazy pass or deciding that he's just going to try and dunk when he doesn't have a shot at dunking. You know, it, we, we talk about the website, please stop dribbling com, and, but he has been a lot better this year and he has had some moments. So he, you know, it, it's not completely irredeemable and, Definitely the lost weight. He does seem a heck of a lot quicker, and he's he's getting off the ground a lot better. But it and his jumper looks good. But it just drives me nuts watching him trying to handle the ball. What are, Tom? Yeah,
2: I mean he's shooting fifty five percent and fifty percent from three. Like I'll take that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No. And he's 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 giving he's giving you great defense. I didn't know that chump had become a thing. I usually watch the other guys on league pass. Oh, okay. Not for anything against Fred or AC, just so that I can, like, get more, like, perspectives and things like that. Well, right. You but, get like, I'm glad that we have, have more catchphrases in our lives from them. <laughs> that was something I really needed. <laughs> yeah, we were sorely lacking. <laughs> uh, they were, yeah, they really... Oh, my Lord. Uh, uh, but, no, I mean, I'm loving it. I, I think it's overstated about, you know, how the, how with LeBron, you want a, a quote unquote triangle flying guard. Um, you know, you don't need a guy who can create, uh, but it's true to an extent. You want a three and D guy and Del, that was Delvadova and Delvadova is also a smart passer on top of that. Uh,
0: um, led the league in assist to turnover ratio through like
2: April the the difference in shump's favor offensively between him and Delvadova is that when delvedova would put it on the floor and drive and like um when shump puts it on the floor and drives he can finish he can get in there and he'll he'll take one two dribbles and he'll be at the basket ready to lay it up or dunk it where Delhi could get himself caught and he'd have to throw up that floater and that the greatest
0: nice. non-LeBron play in Cavs history, that floater. The flob.
1: You never knew if it was a shot or a pass.
0: Yeah. It <laughs> teaches the special, the Commonwealth Connection. <laughs> Australia to Canada. I love that play. I miss it so much. Well,
1: and, and I'll argue with you a little bit, John. Iman Schumper couldn't finish last year. He was a lousy finisher last year. And he is...
2: Uh, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about this year. No, 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 last no I know,
1: year. but he's like shooting... So, for the season last year, he shot 396. He's shooting 548 this year. So, yeah. it's, it's he's light, night and day better. And so, I just want to see him uh, knock the turnovers down a little bit. He, you know, for his usage, the almost two turnovers a game seems a little yeah, high. No. But...
2: For your backup point guard, that 18 assists and 15 turnovers <laughs> yeah. is less than ideal. Exactly. And that's an improvement from last year.
1: It is, it is. But, I mean, he is playing much better than he did last year, and his jump shot looks good. So, I mean, he's kind of picking his spots from the corner and a little bit on the wing and not shooting that up-top jumper so much. So, Mm -hmm. I I can't complain about him too much. I just... He drives me nuts when he dribbles. (laughs) All
2: right. All right. I want to talk about one thing. You guys have kept me off topic top for 43 minutes. Kyrie is just... It's not... Like, I was... I was getting excited after the season opener because they seem to have discovered the happy medium with Kyrie, which is we're going to have, we're going to run this elbow offense where Love and LeBron are at the elbows and they give it to one of them and they run their stuff. And then when Kyrie gets it, they have them going north to south. Like, okay, you don't have to pass. You don't have to create angles, but you at least have to go north to south and either drive to the basket or if, if you get space, it'll come like on a wonderful pull up that comes off like a pick and roll and they back off and you get space. Uh, like it was all a lot of quick decisions going downhill. And now he's just kind of back to dancing Kyrie and just like, Oh, I can, I can shoot whenever I want. So why not shoot whenever I want? And it's, it's just such a bad use of his talent. Like, You see, you talk about LeBron and, like, all the things that he doesn't do right technically just because, you know, his jump shot isn't technically perfect, his ball handling could be a little bit better. Yeah, but Kyrie is a guy with every skill, like, every skill. Like, his jump shot is technically perfect. His ball handling might be the best of all time. Like, he can do all of the things, and he chooses to just, like, the the best version of Dion Waiters. that he yeah. <laughs> and I I always felt like borderline are we
0: you know, are we being insensitive here or something but Nate and I have talked about on so many occasions how we don't get how just you listen to him talk and he seems like a very intelligent you know when he was 21 we'd be like man he just seems so intelligent like listen to him in interviews but his court awareness and his decision making is, yeah, it's like, it's like waiters-esque. It's like, I'm just going to dribble into the corner. And, um, I mean, the most damning thing I ever saw was when David Wood put together that gigantic, um, archive of here's like 20 examples of how Kyrie chooses to run the pick and roll. And they were oh. all terrible.
2: Oh, all yeah, of like, them.
1: Like, 20% of the time, he just crossed off oh. the role, man. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I always just direct people back to that post when people are like, oh, Kyrie oh. is the greatest player in the league. I'm like, you know what? He can be outstanding, and some nights he carries you, but he's got a lot to work on. I just yeah. send him that post.
2: And, I mean, he, he will be able to die now, uh, so to speak, on the last three games of the finals for a long time. Oh, yeah. crazy oh, yeah. Yeah. Because cause you sort of needed it. Like, it was like if you played straight up against the Warriors, like, we're going to move the ball and we're going to share the ball and we're going to do our best. We would have gotten, I mean, the team would have gotten their ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. Like, they needed something, and that something was like, we're just going to have this dude shoot over you and pray yeah. that it works. Yeah. Uh, and they needed that. We're going to put uh, Steph Curry
1: uh, on an island.
2: <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. I, I, I call Kyrie's preferred method of play Kyrie Island.
1: Uh, <laughs> not Dion Waiters but, Island,
2: Kyrie Island. But yeah, but like I, like I said, um, I've sort of, uh, I've come around to that Kyrie's just not, he's not going to be Chris Paul, you know, and he's got the skills to be Chris Paul, which drives drive you crazy. Uh, but just in terms of vision, I just, I think at some point you have it or you don't. Uh, and I'm cool with him not being, uh, you know, a traditional point guard, but at least employ your scoring, uh, ability just sort of in, in an efficient manner. Uh, you know, you don't have, don't, don't, act, don't come down and shoot without passing. Don't fight, don't fire up a jumper, a no dribble jumper with 15 seconds on the shot clock. A two-pointer, like no less. Yeah, I mean, at, at least, like, look, you—if you get a pick and roll going right, and they give you space, yeah, step into that and drain it. You're Kyrie Irving. You're great at that. You know, if they—if you get room and someone leans on you, cross them up and go to the rim. You're Kyrie Irving. You're great at that. Just don't, don't put on, don't put those things with. All these really hard, unnecessary shots. Especially when you have guys to pass to, such as LeBron James. <laughs> Janning Fry. Yeah, <laughs> Fry. Uh, I mean, so the, it, it's, I sorry, little, go ahead. And the last thing is with the Kyrie ping and roll, I, I mentioned this in my last post, something I'm watching a little bit, which is that Tristan's role, he, after he makes his initial dive, he seems to sort of just, park himself there and hunt offensive rebounds rather than like clear the lane. So there was one play where, and there I think, and this happened a lot, but there's one play in particular that I remember where Tristan set the first screen, uh, it didn't really work. And then it was a screen roll and Kevin Love came in and then Tristan's just like still chilling there. <laughs> so I Kevin, who's like not the best finisher in the first place, and we saw in the in the last game when he got that steal and dunk, he could barely dunk. It, it, there are now three large humans <laughs> around the basket that he has to deal with. Um, so I think, and I and we've seen it uh, in Tyloo not really loving to go to Tristan in the fourth quarter. I feel like he's starting to hurt the spacing a little bit. What do you mean starting? He's been hurting the spacing for since 2012. (laughs) You could be a guy who doesn't shoot without hurting spacing. Like I feel like right now he's directly just sit, just parking himself on under the basket, um, and waiting for the offensive rebound before like the team's done shooting. It's like, okay, let us take our shot and then go be an offensive rebounder.
1: Well, and not only that, offensive rebounding, you kind of want to be on the move if you're a great offensive rebounder. When you're parked, it's actually a little bit harder to be a good offensive rebounder than it is when you're crashing from the weak side. You know, it's, yeah, I, I totally, now that you're mentioning it, see what you're saying, and I still don't understand how they haven't, like just watched film of how Deli and Tristan ran the pick and roll and just kinda tried to replicate some of that, but for whatever reason they you know, Kyrie doesn't have that in him, even though Tristan has proved that he can be a competent role man. It just they they've never developed that chemistry and they always talked about how he was better with Mozgov than he was with Tristan Thompson. And like even even early on in their career you would see he wouldn't throw the lob to Tristan. He would throw him a pass, and then Tristan would shoot that floater, which is just
0: the worst option you could have with Tristan. And then the there. and then the uh, announcers on TNT or ESPN would talk for thirty seconds about how Tristan changed shooting hands, like it was <laughs> like they were the first people to tell us that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they well, still that, talk. But well, that was like his first few years, where it was like it's kind of weird that Tristan shoots all of his floaters with his right hand. And it was it was this thing where it's like I wouldn't say that makes him ambidextrous because he's also really bad at his right, <laughs> right yeah. yeah, Like he's just sort of bad with both hands. Right. I called it amb sinister. Um Dexterous actually means right in Latin. <laughs> and he's he's so not dexterous. Uh I called it and sinister actually means left, so I called <laughs> it amp amb- sinister. Because ambic ambidextrous translates you're right-handed with both hands. Interesting. <laughs> I didn't know that. I don't know. Uh you learn things on this podcast. The more you know, yeah.
0: Da, uh, na, na, na. Nate, record check. I yeah, we're recording.
1: Uh Good. so and you know, and I I got the it, the other side of the Kyrie Irving thing. He just goes stretches of not giving a crap on defense. Still and it still drives me insane and I mean, the umlaut destroyed him against the Atlanta. Umlaut.
2: And Dennis De- Dennis Schroeder for for those of yeah. those of us not in on our Cavs the plug in jokes.
1: Yeah, uh, the umlaut Dennis Schroeder, uh, he of the uh, hydrogen peroxide dot in his head. Uh, is
0: there another player with an umlaut in his name?
1: <sighs> there
0: have probably. probably. Uh, I bet there I, isn't.
1: Ue blob. Didn't, <laughs> No, that wasn't, that wasn't, he didn't have a new lot. So anyway, uh, what I was going to say is I, I don't understand how you can let a guy like just get to his right hand when he has, you
0: know, the scouting report is if you. Oh, Nate, stop. Let me stop you right there. <laughs> <laughs> You're assuming that these guys are like studying the scouting reports. <laughs> First of all, they're not. Second of all, they're definitely not studying Dennis Schrader. The Cavs have a twelve game playoff win streak going against the Hawks. They're just not that worried about him. That's my take.
1: Well, I I guess I just don't get it. I mean, I'm just this casual guy that knows just make that guy go left. You know, it's it's not that complicated.
0: Just don't let him get to his right hand. Well, you say that about a guy that's not that dangerous. Watch the way the Cavs play, um, DeMar DeRozan, right? Mm -hmm. DeRozan is now becoming a superstar off of 18 foot jump shots. (laughs) And yet the Cavs, even though they have decent wing defenders, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, I think the Cavs are a little bit, a little bit weak up front. Um, they just kept letting him step into 18 foot jumpers. It's like you have to overplay that and make him try to take it to the rack. And just over and over in that game, it was like, nope, dribble handoffs and little, um, you know, curls around a, uh, you know, a wing pick. And DeRozan would just step into fairly open 18 footers. And I was just watching that. Like, come on. Like, this is the only way this guy can beat you. Just get up in his face, you know, jack, yeah. the, jack the pick man, get bust, bust through that pick.
1: Yeah. I mean, double off the screen. Yeah. I mean, I will say the Cavs have been conceding uh, elbow jumpers for the last 10 years. I mean,
2: it's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, I mean, you don't mind it. I mean, it's, just, it's the Spurs model, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's just who they've been for the last 10 years. They do not... If a guy's going to beat you from 12 to 20 feet, they're going to let you have it, <laughs> you know, and, until they you. You can beat them if you can shoot it all night, you know. And then yeah, they might Mike
0: Brown was Mike end. Brown was all about packing the paint. Yeah, and then overplaying the three. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. But, but, and that's that, that's that Spurs thing. And I think he was he a Spurs? no, who was, yeah, he was he was he, he was a Spurs yeah, coordinator? Yeah, yeah, he's a Spurs guy. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the, that's the Spurs way. I mean Popovich was two steps ahead of everybody else. Streets oh, like ahead always is. Yeah, all right. But, uh, all right, we're at 55 minutes. Um, that's long for me. I don't know how long you guys. Uh, oh, to, we uh, just, we're just getting started. Oh, <laughs> really? Is that on this podcast? God. No, we, 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 um,
1: yeah, I mean, we uh, usually what, are, are another at least 20 minutes beyond this. I mean, we haven't right. gotten into Tom's we
0: need 20 t- minutes. Yeah, just to talk about non CAS related. Yeah, I mean, we
1: lights. haven't gotten into Tom's Tales of Rocket League yet. So. Yeah.
2: Uh, oh yeah, well, Shaq's team just won Rocket League. I'm not making that up. What? Shaquille O'Neal's, uh, the Rocket League team owned by Shaquille O'Neal just won, like, the national championship or or the world championship.
0: Like, the video game Rocket League? The video game Rocket League. Shaq owns a team? Yes. I had no idea. Wow, you just honed. I did. I mean, I've been kind of away from the scene, if you will, for about a month, and I guess a lot can happen in a month. A, a
1: month yeah, uh, is a season. Is a uh, that's like half a season in the NBA. A month of Rocket League is like is like January to uh, to March in in the NBA. Uh,
2: that's amazing. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that's. Uh, uh, so, all right. So, what, what do we think of LeBron so far? All I'll, I'll say, I'll say this to start, which is I don't mind anything in particular. I have two main thoughts. One are I'm a little bit bummed. I, I had a hope that with Curry and Durant playing together, LeBron was going to win another MVP and get to five or six on the career, really rack it up. But when you look at what guys like, you check, there's so many guys now. It seems to be like one or two guys like this. Uh, up in like the 60% true shooting range. But it seems like almost every night it's Durant puts up video game numbers, Harden puts up video game numbers, Westbrook puts up video game numbers, uh, Kawhi has cooled down a little bit because he was making like 60% of his long twos. But he put, he's putting up numbers and the, he's the best defensive player in the league. You got There's the so many guys. Yeah, the is putting him crazy numbers. I just refuse to believe that's happening because I hate mid-range jumpers. <laughs> like, I just, I just refuse to acknowledge this. Um, and it's very hard to justify that LeBron night in, night out is still going to be your MVP. Uh, so that's, that's a bit of a bummer. And he seems to have made this shift where after, and I'm of two minds about it. Uh, Which is sort of the theme of every Cavs player for me right now. Uh, which is that he's after last season, he really struggled with the jumper. He finally found it in like the last two games of the season. Um, so he sort of went into the offseason really determined to get everything back. Or, you know, he can't be a good jump shooter because of Miami and sort of the end of Cleveland. At the, at the end of Cleveland, he was a he was a good jump shooter, good solid jump shooter, especially for the looks he gets. And in Miami, he, for how many takes off the dribble and how many threes he had to take sort of bailout threes, his percentages were really great.
0: Yeah. Especially Uh, that second and third year in Miami, he looked like a knockdown, Mm -hmm. uh, jump shooter.
2: Yeah. Uh, and so he knows he can do it. So he went in and he worked on it and you can see this season. He sort of determined to reclaim that property out on the perimeter and get the perimeter game going again, and we definitely saw that against in this last game against Charlotte, where he was like, "Oh, oh!" He missed his first like eight jumpers, and then, but he was still going to it in the fourth quarter. He hit two huge threes down the stretch. Um yeah. So, on the one hand, I like to see him stick with it, and he he stuck through, weathered sort of an early miserable. Uh, Shooting from three point percentage. Now he's back up to respectable, like 35, 36%. I want to say. Yep. Might be like 34%. No, I think it's about, yeah, 36. Yeah. So, which is re- respectable. And
0: right now
2: he's He's determined to to make you respect him out there. And I like it a lot, especially if he's going to be catching and shooting, because that helps with facing. On the other hand, that is not where he's at. Uh, you know, you always want him driving and he's just not doing much from the post this season after being like this deadly post weapon. His best post game this season is the, it's the 2009 like hold me back bro in the post. (laughs) Yeah. 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 He backs down, he backs down, he backs down and he he waits for a double team and he, and he kicks it out. Like, and he goes to the fadeaway sometimes, but like, what I'm like the meat, like the, just that, where you put the drop step on you or just bully into you and do like a quick little floater, like, and Ty Liu has been trying to help him out. He, There's, like some triangle type sets they're running. I do want to say that this year there, there are many, many more moments during the game and like, it's much more regular. We're like, okay, they're, they're running something. Like this is an offense. Whereas last year it's like, do these guys know each other? <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: uh, like this is enough. So it's very good to, that they're all healthy and they've played together for a little bit. They're healthy for training camp. They they all like and trust Tyloo. I will say that's good. But and but one of the things is that Tyloo runs these like triangle type sets to get LeBron a good clear out on the post, and he'll have like a smaller guy on him, and he just won't really pull the trigger on it. And it's like we saw this movie before, and it was a long time ago. I felt I felt like we were past this, LeBron. I thought we were past this.
1: Yeah, the other part of that is, I mean, LeBron's just floating through, you know, two and a half quarters a game, it seems like. He is. And he doesn't want to exert that much effort. And, you know, any other player in the league, I would take him to task for that. But LeBron has proven that he can turn it on when it matters and that he has three more gears than everybody else. So
0: it's,
2: yeah, I mean, I, I don't worry him about Coasting
0: it that is still the best player on the floor. Most of the time.
2: Right? No, I mean, it was a first game against the Knicks. I don't think he had like an unassisted basket. It was just like all fast break or just pass, baskets off a pass. Yeah. Pretty much. He's, he's spending like the first, like you said, two and a half quarters. Like, either in all of his points coming like in transition, some catch and shoot, like going near the rim, just like really opportunistic baskets. And then when he gets it, he's looking to be a passer. And then in the fourth quarter, when it gets close, he's like, "All right, guys, one three pick and roll. Like, let's stop screwing around. Yeah. Like, Shump, Shump, get up here. All right, fine, that didn't work. Tristan, get up. Like, someone get yeah. up. Channing, get up here. Like, we're just. We've been doing this for a decade, for more than a decade now. Like, we all know the drill. Uh, yeah. and, and yeah, like, as you alluded to, in terms of minutes per game, he's now seventh all time. No, not sorry. That's minutes per game. I want total minutes. Yeah. Seventh uh, all time. Then, well, then, no, that's minutes per game. Oh, okay. Uh, where, 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 where are my total minutes? Okay. In terms of total minutes, yeah, he's, he's, he's 38. I and mean, he's ahead of, uh, Alan Iverson. He's played more career minutes than Allen Iverson, Dominique Wilkins, P- Pagliato, Isaiah Thomas, like more than Larry Bird, more than many Hall of Famers. Magic. I, think if, I honestly top. think if he retired
0: right now, he'd be like top three all time.
2: I I'd certainly be top right five. Now. This is what hurts me. And, and they brought up that graphic of the, this 10, this double digit scoring streak. If he had, because he scored eight points in game four against the Mavericks, if he had played like himself in 2011.
0: He'd have some ridiculous streak of consecutive.
2: No, he already does. I mean, they're already putting out the graphic, uh, because they're calling it regular season games or whatever. And he's had like, he's had like 700 and something, 10 point game, 10 plus point games now. It's like Michael, Kareem, and then him. Um, he's chasing those two. And, and actually, if he had, if he had won that title in 2011 and played anything like himself, I would say he's the no question number three best player of all time right now. Um, behind Michael and Kareem, people don't. Understand how good Kareem was. Uh, as it stands, I would say he's number three, but you can make an argument for a lot of guys. Larry Bird was a monster. Magic Johnson, I would say, is probably my number three right now. Phil Russell's lot of big in the doctors. conversation. Yeah, Russell and Chamberlain, I would sort of like put to the side where it's like, okay, if you want to like, because they played in such a different era. But if you're like, you want to love and champion for 13 years, no one's ever going to do that again. It's like. Right. Okay. Uh, and Wilt like he scored 100 points in the game. He averaged <laughs> 50. He, he averaged 50 and 25 one year. And by the way, all right, two things about that season. Oscar Robertson, when he averaged a triple-double, it was that season. He came in fourth in MVP vote. Uh, Elgin averaged something like 38 and 20. Uh Wilt averaged 50 and 25, and none of them won MVP. Bill Russell won MVP. Because he was the best player on the best
1: team. Yeah. And that's the one way I feel like LeBron... I feel like the Cavs have to have the best record if LeBron's going to get another MVP. And Other, I, don't, I, don't but, I, don't I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, because Tom... or I'm sorry. John was talking about it. There are... LeBron is 15th in the league in scoring this year. There are 14 guys ahead of him. <laughs> and LeBron is second worst in points per shot Uh, trailing. Yeah. You gotta remember
0: (laughs) the only thing that, that the sports media loves to do more than have a good story is do a mea culpa for missing a story. And right now, you know, it's kind of like, wow, everyone wrote off LeBron and we shouldn't have done that because he vanquished Steph Curry and a 73 win team and all that. And so I'm not sure he's going to have to have the best numbers. To win an MVP, I mean maybe I—I I don't know how the narratives are going. to... When you, think, when like you say worst us. point
2: per shot, are you saying like in the league or like on the team?
0: No, in the top fifteen.
2: In the top fifteen of uh, score uh, Yeah, uh, through me
1: I don't. Okay, no, no, yeah, right. no, I'm not saying we he's can, got a bad point per shot. It's
2: just—it's kind of good that we weren't on the—that I wasn't on the podcast for like the last ten <laughs> months or so, because like I would have said like we need to. We need to chill on like the LeBron Steph Curry thing and just acknowledge that Steph Curry, Steph Curry won, earned his MVP. He earned his unanimous MVP. Like, there's no question about that.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. But it's a regular season
2: award. It's a regular season award. Yeah. And I, I, and I also am of the, I'm on team. Steph was hurt the entire playoff. I really, I think he was. That was not the same. Tristan Thompson. I, I love you, Tristan Thompson. Um, that hasn't always been true. I have to delete some tweets. Um, uh, I'm, but I'm, but I, I will finally say that you're better than Jonas Valanciunas I'd rather have you than better than Jonas Valanciunas And that's a big step for me. <laughs> uh, but even still. <laughs> you are such a big Jonas fan. I was the biggest Jonas fan. Yeah. Not Jonas. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, like I've seen Tristan Thompson and he's a very good defender. He can. He is not bottling up Steph Curry on switches. Like he's Well, no that, one is. But no, I a mean, healthy Steph Curry is not going to get contained by Tristan Thompson on switches. I, I'm like, gonna look take the some, 55 win team. I would. I would. I mean, that
0: that very of, well might be true. I'd be more inclined to take that position if Curry didn't make so many mental mistakes. I mean. Throwing a pass out of bounds behind your back, behind back crunch time has nothing to do with health. That just means you choked. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, it wasn't a health thing. He just And then the way he was three hunting, he even admitted it. Like, yeah, basically the entire second half, well, basically that entire game, he was just hunting for threes. I remember in the first quarter, he took just an egregiously bad three. And it's hard for him to take bad threes. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that pretty much every three he takes is still a good shot, but it was a terrible shot. I mean, he wasn't even looking at the hoop and I don't think he even hit the rim. And I remember thinking like, man, he's so frustrated right now. He's already tilting and it's like three minutes into the first quarter.
2: Well, can, cause he couldn't get to the rim all season. He could just get to, he was able to get to the rim when they played him too hard from the three point line. Uh, but oh,
1: LeBron was. was in his head though. I mean, LeBron was swatting all little, that stuff out and letting him know about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I don't think he was hurt. I think he got hurt, and it screwed up his rhythm. I mean, when you're that good of a shooter, you you clearly have an offensive rhythm. And he got out of his rhythm, and you could tell, like he just didn't have his routine down. He didn't have his rhythm, and that that injury, I don't think. I think he was healthy. I just don't think he ever recovered from well a mental so conditioning and rhythm standpoint. Was player, LeBron's elbow was hurt?
0: Was LeBron's elbow hurt in 2010? No, Cause I think he just choked. <laughs> no,
2: okay, not. L- all right, now LeBron in well, what was it? There was Game Five where he he was quiet, but that was just the team got a that got its ass kicked. People forget. Do you remember LeBron's stat line from his last game as a Cavalier? His he
0: first? didn't shoot well, but he had like thirty rebounds or something.
2: Yeah, he had a triple double with like eighteen rebounds.
0: Yeah, but he still like didn't not, shoot well.
2: <laughs> he still didn't shoot well, but that's not a dude who
0: quit. Yeah, but do you remember game three where the Cavs went into Boston and won by 30?
2: Oh, yeah. And after, and as if you look up the recap of that uh, that I wrote, um, the quote is, I don't want to hear any more about the elbow. Screw the elbow. LeBron is
0: clearly healthy. Yeah, and so Steph Curry had games like that against um, Oklahoma City and in the first round against uh, –
2: yeah, he, he was hurt. He was hurt in the. Houston. In the, yeah, he got hurt twice. He was hurt, uh, like coming right into the playoffs, and then he came. Into he, well, he had
0: that. Yeah, he had that non-contact like slip injury.
2: Yeah, he got. He had two injuries. Uh, yeah, like LeBron had bad shooting games. LeBron. I don't know to
0: Marcellus play Wiley. Play. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Marcellus Wiley. If the dude's hurt, he ain't going to try to throw down a dunk after the whistle on LeBron. No, it, The first thing you do when you're hurt is you conserve all your energy. You never do stuff after the whistle. So he took that as evidence that Curry was just fine. So I'm, I'm going to go with that.
2: That's Indeputable right there. <laughs> it's no open shot case. So, uh, okay, moving on, I don't think we'll ever
1: solve that argument, but uh, I did want to do kind of just a, a parting, you know, who is, imp- you know, we've, we've kind of talked the Cavs to death. Tom, who is impressing you in the NBA right now, and who is
0: depressing you? Depressing me is definitely, uh, the Wizards, I would say. Oh my um, God, they're such a depressing team, aren't they? Yeah.
2: Oh, they deserve it. Remember how whiny they were uh, when we'd meet them in the first in the first round, like every year. Oh, that's going way back. That's that a is, wait, there's
1: no one even in. There's hardly anyone <laughs> no in the league from that era left. It's the yeah. same fans. That's
2: that's that's that, that is not weird. true. There, there was a
1: lot more of them then.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's the same fans who created the like crying Lebron signs and thought they so. Were so
0: who were your most? Who are the players? The unsung annoying players on that team, because I had a couple guys that I could not well, stand. Well,
2: All right. So obviously you're Sean. Yeah, it's
0: Sean but Steven. he was he was too obvious. I'm talking about the guys. Obviously it's Sean that
2: didn't uh, you know, did Anton Stambsen would come Detroit. to be someone that I hated when <laughs> he played for Caps. Uh, uh, remember uh, Antonio
0: Daniels? Oh yeah.
2: Uh, no, I, I, could, I uh, always hated that on, guy.
0: Like,
1: Ron Butler was a guy that always drove oh, me
2: nuts
0: on the other team.
2: Yeah, I yeah. I no who he plays like a good dude. And he like, he had a really tough like upbringing. And like, if you know like about like Heron, like he's like a good dude.
1: No, no, no. And, and I don't say that as a guy that just, he was a guy I hated on the other team in the same way that I hated Kevin Garnett. And that is, you want a guy like that on your team, but you hate him on the other team. You know, and he just, he always drove me nuts. And he was a barker, too. Like, he would, he, he would bark, not as, nobody barked like Garnett. But, I mean, yeah, Karan Butler always drove me
0: nuts. Um, Darius Sungaila, that guy oh, used to drive
2: God. me nuts. Man. <laughs> well, they would, And what was it? It was like the second of the three series, or maybe it was the third? I think it was the second where... LeBron just could not shoot free throws, like, at all in that series.
0: Ah, wasn't so, the second where we swept them because they were all hurt?
2: May, maybe. I think it was, like, 4-2, 4-0, 4 Yeah, it might, so, it three been the, so it might have been, it been the, th- the third, where yeah. LeBron shot, like, 55% from the free throw line during the series.
0: <laughs> I don't, don't remember that.
2: that. And so they were just hacking that. And, like, they were just mauling him. Every time he went to the line. Like, yeah. so it was like the entire team, like, was just mauling LeBron and then their fans were like, oh, LeBron's a crybaby. Oh yeah. I remember Papa John's, like, did some <laughs> oh, promotion yeah. that
0: pissed everyone off in Cleveland. So then yeah, they had, I had to, to apologize. They had to give 23 cent pizzas in Cleveland after that. Oh man. Yeah. Man, I miss the
1: good old days. Oh, Brendan Hayward was on those teams.
0: Yeah. Remember when Brendan Haywood, remember when LeBron went up for a dunk and Brendan Haywood didn't make any attempt to go for the ball and he just two hands shoved him at his apex and when LeBron went sprawling into like the cameras? Remember that? That was one of the most dangerous plays I ever saw. LeBron was fine, but I remember thinking like, holy cow, that looked like he was going to die. And then a couple of years later, the Cavs got Brendan Haywood. <laughs> yeah. And he threw the like, worst pass I've ever seen. Do you
1: remember that pass? He threw like 20 feet over that guy's head out to the wing.
0: The worst pass you've ever seen was a David Wesson layup.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, the other guy that they had was uh, the big one of the NBA's all time greatest teases,
0: Andre Blatch.
2: <laughs> Blatch. Oh,
0: man. Yeah. Well, and then wasn't JaVale McGee on that team, too? Or am I- oh, no, no, that was a couple years later. Are you sure? Or no, he wasn't on that team, but he was a wizard. Yeah. Are you he sure? He started out as a wizard, but yeah. Are you sure he wasn't on the team?
1: Yeah, because that was after they kind of tore the team down.
2: We drafted Hickson the year a lot of people the year And Hickson went before, or McGee went before him. But yeah, Hickson was drafted in 08. Uh, so he would have been on the 08, yep. So he no, was,
0: he, he was uh, on the 09 team was his first year. He was a yeah. rookie, right? On the 09 team. And then in 10 was his sophomore year.
2: Yes. So oh, oh, 08 or 9, I don't think we, I don't I think we called right. them. Oh, yeah. did we? No, we didn't. No, we didn't play them in the playoffs.
0: Who did, I don't know if we even had a first round pick in 08. Was 08 the Shannon Brown or was that the uh, same?
2: No, that was JJ
0: Hickson. I think.
1: Well, and one of those years was, uh, I, I Brown,
0: Danny Green was one of those years. And then we cut Danny Green and I've never recovered.
2: Oh, that was a tough one. Cause I like Danny Green and there, you can, there's articles supporting this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, really I have. article. For, How I have have it for, like, yeah,
0: pretty much in general, you know, four year college players are no good anymore, but there's one exception this year.
2: But I mean, <laughs> oh, I mean, I liked him when he was playing for the Cavaliers and, like, getting 12-man minutes.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I wasn't
2: wasn't that clairvoyant on it. Uh,
1: (laughs) You guys are going down the rabbit hole, man. But, Uh, all right, so I I can tell you. I forgot. No, we all got to agree the greatest guy in the history of the Wizards, Javaris (laughs) Crittenden.
0: Oh, no, not the greatest guy, but yeah.
1: (laughs) No, one of the worst guys in the history of the NBA. Yeah, he murdered a, a dude. I know, and he he was the guy with the gun in the line. Hey,
0: I told you guys how, way back in the day, Gilbert Arenas, like, DM'd me a bunch of times. <laughs> no. On Twitter. Yeah. Agent Zero. Yeah, yeah because mm-hmm. I would talk smack to him. <laughs> I don't know why, thinking there's no way this guy's going to respond. And every time I did it, he responded to me. And a couple of times he started DMing me, and I he slid like, right into your DMs. He slid right into my DMs. I was like, "Bro, you're worth like 200 million dollars. You don't <laughs> have to sit here to like argue with me." Just, you know, I said something to him one time because he made some comment that was ridiculously like insensitive, and I said something like, "I text, I tweeted something like, you know." How many minutes before you have to issue some sort of a po- or you- I said something like, "How many minutes until your lawyer has to I- makes you issue an apology?" And he DM'd me and he's like, "I don't apologize for nothing I say or something like that." I was like, "Oh my god, dude!" Uh, he,
1: he had one of my like the minute he signed it, I knew it was the worst contract in the history of the NBA. The the one that Ernie Grunfeld gave him. Because, you know, any time that you can sign a guy that's had three major knee surgeries to a
0: Supermax well, contract, you have to he do claimed, it. He took a discount. <laughs> Which,
2: um, well, I remember, uh, and the Warriors would have kept him. They had to invent the Arenas rule to keep that from him. Or are you talking about, did he get a second contract? With no, you? that's
1: a second contract. Because, remember, he oh, started wow. his career with the, uh, the, Warriors. the Warriors.
2: And the Wizards were able to sign him, and they had to create the Gilbert Arenas rule. Yeah, I had never heard of the Gilbert
0: Arenas rule.
2: Yeah, yeah it, well, because he was second-round draft pick, the Warriors, like, didn't have his, like, uh, his rights.
1: Well, no, he what it was was yeah. that uh, you couldn't, because first-round picks were slotted, but second-round picks weren't, and so they could sign him to any number they wanted, and the Wizards did not have an exception to go over the cap
0: to keep him.
2: Yeah, the, the Warriors.
1: Or that's what I meant. Yeah, the Warriors did not have an exception to go. Out <laughs> One
0: thing you'll learn, David. John, is Nate is so bad with names. He he's like, <laughs> I'm a cap genius, but I don't I know mean, names at all. <laughs> the good news, Nate, is when you're old and you're going through, you know, Alzheimer's or dementia, no one's gonna know because Thanks. you forget for that. every you forget that's, everything. Uh, now. That's
2: the bright side. Uh, all right, So I, c- I can go through starting from when I I took over the blog in 2008 i started this, the thing. I can, or I started writing it. I don't think the blog proper was started yet. But there's like live blogs, this the thing. I live blogged the 2008 draft for Free Darko. Like old school live blog. R.I.P. Like free Darko. Yeah. Um, like, uh, well, there's still Chris Ryan on The Ringer. He's, built, he was Phillips. Um, uh, but, uh, like, so I can tell you everyone we drafted everyone that, I wanted us to draft that year for better or for worse. <laughs> so we got J.J. Hickson. I really wanted us to get Chris Douglas-Roberts. In my uh. defense, we had not <laughs> traded for Delonte West yet. Larry Hughes was still starting. Shooting I
1: wanted record. C.D.R. as well, and he was
2: yeah. not a good NBA player. I have no idea who to... I wanted in that draft. And then the next year, we got Christian Ianga.
0: Oh, which, Skyenga!
2: Which, which, that was an idea. <laughs> like I still I will I will always remember at Summer League, I was covering that uh two thousand ten Summer League which everyone was kinda sad and uh and uh everyone was talking about like Byron Scott's the new coach and like LeBron's gotta be like a running fun, running gun team. Mm. There's I talked nothing to
0: Byron, fun about that team.
2: I, I talked to Byron Scott who's not a terrible coach at all. And I was like, So uh, you know, you're talking about all this running offense, but when you coached the Hornets and you had Chris Paul, like your team actually played at a very slow pace. Like, <laughs> what makes you think this team's going to play at a faster pace? And he was like, well, you know, we'd have Chris up there, but he'd be looking for guys. He just didn't have anyone to run the floor with. You know, now we got guys like uh, Jamario Moon, Chris <laughs> <laughs> Nyong. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't he, play, like, yes. he had This two with him. a straight face. <laughs> Just said that like my offense is going to work because we have Jamario Moon and Krishna yeah. and I was like, all right, this this might not end well. Um, and I really I really wanted to cast kind of take Sam Young that year. So again, not not the best, not the best. Um, when they drafted Tristan Thompson, I just rage quit the ESPN live chat. Yeah, uh, and because I wanted them to take Jonas Valanciunas. I, I wanted them to take. It. I wanted them to take Kyrie Irving over uh, Derek Williams. Um, oh my gosh! Derek Williams is a beast in college. I just can't believe you would r-
0: admit that, though. You can just lie. No, he said he wanted Irving over Williams. No, he just said he wanted Williams over Irving, didn't you? No, I didn't. I said Irving over. Williams. No, I was oh, the oh. one
1: that wanted Williams over. Irving. Oh
0: my gosh, Nate! I wanted. I, I wanted uh, Williams and
2: Brandon Knight. I wanted oh, them to get oh, them yeah. both. Yeah, yeah, cause there, cause that was a pretty point guard deep draft on paper. Yeah. Uh, so there were people saying that, that like, you can get Williams, going will be special, and then get like, uh, I'll, and uh, there are other good point guards. Now, i uh,
0: rule. I wanted the Cavs to draft Anthony Bennett. You remember that, Nate. We used oh, to have God. those conversations. Oh, oh. Now, Bennett. the guy I text wanted text the Cavs to get text text instead text of Tristan party? was, uh,
1: uh, Kawhi Leonard. And remember, oh, sure there was a rumor, was. rumor they were going to take him that year with that pick, and then he dropped. And then he dropped to the Spurs, which is one of the great draft picks of all time. When they took whatever
2: him. pick picture didn't happen, I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, when they drafted Waiters, I wanted them to draft. You can Barnes. go
1: back to the comment section
2: from that year. I want. Yeah, <laughs> I, want I will. I will. You you have to do it. You have to <laughs> screenshot it. Picture didn't happen. You
0: wanted uh, I thought everyone wanted Beal and then when he was gone we were like, whatever. We don't care.
2: Uh everyone did want Beal, but he was off the board, so I wanted yeah. them to take to take Barnes. They should have uh, I probably wanted
0: Barnes. Hindsight.
2: Too. Yeah. And so that's that's what I got. I got that one correct. Uh when we got Bennett, I wanted them to take Ola There was <laughs> I want Noel or oh, Oladipo. I wanted either Noel or Oladipo. Yeah, I wanted no part of Bennett.
1: I knew he was going to be one of the worst. He was one of the worst draft picks I, I ever saw. He,
2: he just wanted on my radar. <laughs> like, I just didn't see him the, as, as a... As I old. watched every
0: Draft Express video, like, religiously that year. And so <laughs> I had the Anthony Bennett Draft Express
2: video. Go watch it if you haven't seen it. <laughs> he, he is, is tearing like it up on the Mountain West in those days. Oh, <laughs> No, I mean, apparently, no, you can see him being a freak in workouts. Cause oh, yeah. he's, he's got well, like that, like Charles Barkley type of just like kind of fat, yes. but like, yes. but like slightly left. And he was just jumping and just mean. Yes. Uh, yes. and it's like, and he was c- jumping
0: from a standstill and yeah. like throwing down two handed dunks with he a, pump was a
2: bully and you could rebound and you could yes. see and you could like see. And it was right as like the stretch floor was coming in to like everyone had a stretch four and you could see that he had like a nothing with stroke. Like you can, you can imagine the workout that made them like, all right, we, we have to take this guy. Well, yeah. But then he got hurt. And I remember, um, one of my friend uh, Kevin Arnovich, one of my friends sent me a picture from Vegas. It was like, Hey, I'm interviewing Anthony, Anthony Bennett. Um, continue. I'm a like, Cavs fan, obviously. Cause we're friends. Uh, and I'm like, should I be worried that you look like you are in that you, a thirty-eight-year-old man, are in significantly better shape than the number one overall draft pick? Like I,
1: I remember this, seeing I, him at the uh, at the lottery, and he looked like an NFL offensive lineman.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he was. Just, I said some very mean things to Anthony Bennett, and I don't regret it. Um, <laughs> I wanted them to take Andrew Wiggins, who yep,
1: oh yeah, all right. Yeah, did you see his stats? He's shooting fifty-four percent. He's like from three? Uh, from three. Yeah, he's uh twenty-six points a game, forty-eight percent from the field, fifty-four percent from three. He's ridiculous right now. He's yeah, gonna be. I, 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 I,
2: yeah. I did. I will say that I wanted them to keep Wigan, see if he developed, and then. See if you, if they could get, if they could, uh, get Love without him to go with Wigan. By playing chicken at the deadline. Right, and And that was
1: the, the, that that was the real tragedy of the Bennett draft, which if they'd have actually drafted a good player, they could have traded waiters and whoever they drafted for
2: Kevin Love and still had Andrew Wiggins. Yes. Uh, and I think, I think Wiggins Cause I, and I think Wiggins would have come along better on, with LeBron, both in terms of like him mentoring him and him making him buy in on defense and things like that and having the pressure taken off him to be a number one scorer. Um, and then I had no thoughts on Sir Dominic for pointer. <laughs> as, as, and then I had turned off the draft and uh, gone to bed. And then I woke up, and Kay Felder was like one of my five favorite guys in the entire draft. So I was just like, I was just like losing it
0: in the entire so, draft, and he was
2: picked up like draft, 56
0: dude. or something. Something I
2: watched, I watched like that full 14 minute draft express video like a million times, and I'm like, this, this is my dude. K K Felder, he is my dude. Is every going to kiss
0: w- begins with K.
2: Yeah. <laughs> nah, don't, don't give, don't give Fred and AC any more ideas. <laughs> like, they'll start saying. Right? Oh, yeah, they will. Okay, well, really he comes to the basket. He is a, he is a strong man with finding that the three pointer and he you know, gets I don't it. think,
0: I don't think, I don't think, uh, Fred did Delhi tray until his second year because Delhi didn't really shoot threes his first
2: year. That, that is true. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, I, I still can't get over it in the last game because, like I said, I don't watch a lot of Fred and AC. I just do the other just for various reasons, nothing against them. But, like, the Cavs right now, I'm, I, I'm dead serious. This is, like, his quote. He's like, the Cavs right now, you can't get into it where you're turning the ball over and missing shots and then you're allowed to make shots at <laughs> the other end. That's not going to work out. And it's something that the Cavs have to figure out sooner or later <laughs> and quickly. I swear to God. I swear, like, I'm paraphrasing the first part, but he said, they have to figure it out sooner or later and quickly.
1: <laughs> oh, he's got a million of them. Like, one of my favorites of all time. Because <laughs> he just goes, you got to not know where you're at on the court at all times.
2: <laughs> and, you know, it's clearly yeah. a mistake, but it was still hilarious. His Sort of like vision of like how a sentence is going to go. <laughs> it's sort of like Kyrie's vision yeah, like, of like how like it, how like a play is going to play. He's like, I'm going to say this word, and then we're just going to see where it goes from there. <laughs> like like, like the, the full sentence is not planned out. And that is that is very true.
0: I I also like I a will bull, not pull in a china closet. I will not take the name of AC in vain.
2: I'm not either. I'm I said with love. <laughs> oh, yeah, also, uh, also, the oddest and cruel sort of running joke they have is that it very much sounds like Austin Carr, on a semi regular basis, elbows Fred McLeod very hard in like excitement or something like that. And they'll like refer to it and be like, You felt those elbows? Like, I felt those elbows. They're not pleasant. Like, <laughs> when are you getting elbowed by Austin Carr? Like, that's not a normal thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I love fred that was I, yeah they're good and well, i love listen to some now, of the other guys in the some of the other announcers are horrible
0: i mean i just love i love when a play happens that fred knows like ac finally gets to say one of his things so like just just the the coyness of when you know when kevin love pump fakes and then leans into a you know, a three with a foot on the line and gets the call. And then Fred goes, he got him a what, AC? <laughs> he, <laughs> AC got a he, got like, he got him a bird! AC starts laughing, he got him a bird! And <laughs> have either of you figured out what a
1: bird on never made all that much sense. Have either of you figured out what a bird on the
2: ground is? <laughs> I don't know what that is. I, I've, I've never figured it out. It makes sense it, It's so, like someone said, like the Joker, uh, like the Joker in comics, like he, he the things he does only make sense to him, like it only <laughs> makes sense to Austin Carr.
1: And yet still uh, they're better than most of the other local projects. I, I will
2: in say Indiana. what I like about them, and I, and I I have this problem with a lot of teams, Fred and AC do not go hard on the referee. Oh, yeah. Which, which, I, which is my... Which They're is getting my more opinion. brazen. They're getting
0: more brazen with old age and with championships. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, that's, yeah. That's my biggest but, thing. But now, I have every,
2: heard other announcements
0: Every, of
2: camp, terror, every camp is coming up, and they think the reps are rigged against them. And it's because every friggin' uh, broadcaster is a homer, and and it's just, it's just bad. It leads to, like, bad discourse.
0: Oh yeah, it's
1: no, time. it's it's totally the thing that happened in the World Series because all the Indians fans thought that Joe Buck hated the Indians, and then all the Cubs fans thought Joe Buck hated the Cubs, and it was simply because they were both so used to listening to their home team announcers, and they uh, they could
0: not. Deal I disagree. Yeah, huh? I thought Joe Buck was. How do I put this? So. A couple of those games, um, especially um what was it oh the one nothing game with that um the Indians won. The Indian strikes on that game was horrific. And John Smoltz like ten times said something alluding to the fact that wow, the Indians are really getting hosed and Joe Buck was just like completely Acting like nothing to see here, nothing to see here. (laughs) And it was, it was pretty bad. I
2: don't know. I I
0: think Bill Bill Buck was pretty vested in the Cubs winning that series.
2: Uh, like, oh, like, I don't know. I, I will say I was watching like the 76ers team. Like, uh, like I miss sometimes like when Fred and AC, like, like when there's like a big play and the Cavs get it, like you imagine Fred and AC can, because the other guys are like, oh, yeah, you can't, like, LeBron will, like, grab a steal and, like, just throw down a thunderous dunk or, like, an alley-oop off the board or something like that. And they're like, oh, yeah, you can't let him do that. No, no, <laughs> that's, that, that's bad. Because that's how you feel if you're, you know, on the on the other side of it. Yeah. That's, like, I'll oh, him. my God, a human can do that. <laughs>
1: I'll give Fred Nacy credit if, if the other team makes a, like a, a pretty spectacular play like that. They, they they'll give him credit and and get a little excitement in their voice. Where some of these guys are just it's like LeBron James yeah. on the play.
0: <laughs> like
2: like uh, well, that Boston, that in Boston. Tr- dude. In terms of uh, oh in Tommy of,
0: he's the worst.
2: <laughs> oh, oh yeah, he I'm he he is, he is the worst. He is he is, and he's the worst. I mean, it's your, embarrassing listening in, to him. In terms of national broadcasters. The biggest casualty in the storyline is that Chris Weber really wants to go, to talk about how he finds Ahmad Shumpert's wife hot. <laughs> like he, he's that was like a, He's tried this like a couple times where he's like, Ahmad's not the real athlete in his family. Like his wife's the real a- athlete in his family. I'm like, no one took the bait. And then like he did it again in like the, the next national game. And we're like, we're not talking about how you find Ahmad Shumpert's wife hot. Well, and, and not only that, ball. he's sitting
1: there with the backbiter, Marv Albert. So it's it's a
0: little creepy. <laughs> well, who was it? Someone told me that
2: uh, Mike Fratello was real creepy, too. <sighs> but it's, uh, there is, I mean, Shump's uh, field goal percentage, he has been just riding a solid wave of momentum
0: yeah. coming that's up.
2: A, that's quite a segue. <laughs> 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 yeah. And every time she does make a three, like it, it's in my head like, Yo, love is fake yo love is fade and boom, 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 boom. <laughs> from the video. <laughs> like how they used to play uh, Lucky Star every time uh, Anthony Parker made a three. <laughs> wow.
1: We okay, we fully we are fully in put down the road. Israeli record. MVP.
2: It's really
0: David Black
2: the Jordan of uh, Israel.
0: The Michael Jordan of Israel, that's
2: right. <laughs> Yeah. Uh better for the Cavs than the Phil Jackson of Israel. Uh, worked out better for the Cavs than Phil Jackson of Israel, but neither brought the championship home. No, neither, neither brought the hardware. So uh Tom and
1: uh, John, I think this uh this podcast getting yeah. a little long in the two. We should wrap it up.
2: <laughs> probably wrap it up. I I, was, I never had a pro I liked Flat a lot when he was here, but I was listening to uh like the NBA Today podcast and I think it was McMenamin. And like apparently like, uh, Blatt takes himself, takes himself a little seriously. They're talking about like, like, you know, like someone like Photoshop, like all LeBron's trophies, like into it. And they're like, uh, David Blatt literally had that picture set up and taken, like <laughs> with like all of his like Israeli league and Euro league trophies.
1: Well, the best one was the obviously the fighter pilot comment. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I make more decisions was, in two hours. I, the only people oh that man. make as
0: many decisions as me as like a fighter pilot. Fighter pilot. Yeah, <laughs> that was definitely that was the best quote ever. That was the best
2: <laughs> black quote. Oh my, Vince, Vince Carter's dunk, apparently, according to Twitter. Uh, I believe it. Like that—that that is an ageless dude, man. Him and Richard Jefferson. I can't believe how good Jefferson. Yeah, how, the three pointer hasn't been there this for him this year, but he's doing all. He he he, he move, he's moving really well.
1: Yeah, and he can still finish, which is amazing.
2: Yeah. He's uh he's just a ball player. <laughs> Some guys are just basketball players. Yeah, well, uh sorry, go ahead, Uh, uh that's what I was just thinking uh in that Celtics game I loved uh Jalen Brown. I saw a lot of just like I don't know what his position is, he's just a basketball player. And then Isaiah Thomas dropping thirty points. Without his jump shot working and he's five foot nine. Like he was just going into the paint every time and getting it to go. And he's five foot nine. He's impossible
0: impossible to keep out of the paint. I I'm, I'm amazed at that dude's motor. That I mean, he doesn't I feel like he must be one of the most athletic players in the league because he just doesn't take a playoff. I mean, he is constantly moving in the half court, constantly.
1: Like he, he, could, never be if, if he could be a marathon runner if, if things didn't work out. He VA. could be
0: a marathon sprinter. Yeah. Like he, he just never, cause I was watching it and I'm like, all right, the Cavs do a pretty good job running him off the line. How oh, wow. is he getting so many free throws? You well, know, he, and so-
2: right as I mentioned, uh, look, uh, uh someone on the Celtics, I don't, I don't think it's Jerome Brown. No, it's Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart just got dunked on so very bad. He is dead now. Um, like it, he kind of tried to flop to sell it, but he wasn't counting on number 44 on the Pelicans. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Jumped so far over him. He barely grazed him with his knee. So like he, th- he was in position and he thought that he would be able to like sell a charge. But yeah, no, he just got he, he just got the soul dunked out of his body. He he's dead now. Like he has he has to leave the country. <laughs> yeah. Ch- change his name. Ha- and with that with that, we say goodbye.
1: <laughs> Thanks for another edition of uh Cavs the Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Nate Smith with uh Tom Pastack and uh John Krolik, and as always go Cavs.
0: Go Cavs. I go Cavs.
1: <laughs> that, uh, that was a trip down memory lane, gentlemen.
2: Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blog podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite bloggers. There's a fire. Lost your home. lose your
0: partner. And we're out.